The Bangles are making an appearance on the Super Hits podcast. We're talking about their hit song, Walk Like an Egyptian. Here we go. Hello, friends. I'm King Jamie C. the Third, aka Megalith.com. I'm here with my young prince and co-host. No, it's not Ramses. It's Slip with Five Eyes. What's up, you cultural appropriator? <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're talking cultural appropriation today. We sure are. Did you get the Megalith reference? I thought that was wonderful. I mean, no, I'm not a nerd. It's a pyramids are megalithic structures. Oh yeah. Okay, got it. <laughs> Uh, it's episode 141 of the Super Hits podcast, and I'm still getting comfortable with leading the odd numbered episodes, uh, number odd numbered shows. To be honest, uh, my goal is to get back to the evens, but it's a process. Um, speaking of odd numbers, are you ready to talk about walk like an Egyptian? Yes. You want to do it? Let's get this musical archaeological dig underway. Jesus. <laughs> Is uh-huh. this? It, I had to top the uh, me playing Wonderwall. Yep, from, uh, from two weeks ago. But anyway, uh, Walk Like uh, the Bangles. Sorry, are an American pop rock band formed in L.A. early 1981. Uh, Susanna Hoffs and sisters Vicky and Debbie Peterson each had been in bands before coming together in L.A. in December 1980. The impetus was two classified ads in the weekly paper, The Recycler. One had been placed by Hoffs, and the only person to respond was Annette Zelinskis, and the other was uh, Lynn Elkind. The Peterson's housemate and a departing member of the their band, uh, Those Girls. When Hoffs called in response to Elkin's ad, Vicky Peterson answered the phone, and in their conversation, they discovered a great deal of common interests. So uh, poor uh, uh, Lynn Elkin got cut out of the whole deal. Uh-huh. And uh, Zelinskis and Hoffs and the Petersons uh, got together. They called themselves The Colors, uh, soon renamed themselves The Bangs. Uh, the band was part of the L.A. Paisley underground scene, which featured group that, groups that played a mixture of 1960s-influenced rock. Um, in 1981, Hoffs and the uh, Petersons uh, recorded and released a single called Getting Out of Hand on Down Kitty Records, which was their own label. The Bangs were then signed to Faulty Products, a label owned, owned formed by Miles Copeland. Uh, the early Bangles lineup recorded an EP in 1982 and released the single uh, The Real World. Uh, for the release of the EP, EP they played in the uh, Lhasa Club in Hollywood, at the last minute, they discovered another band registered the had registered the Bangs name and would not let them use it without payment. So smartly, they just uh, dropped uh, dropped the and added the letters uh, LES to the end nice. to become Bangles. Uh, Eric Visser, the Jeff Sound engineer, came up with the name uh, because he felt that their music was sort of Beatles-ish. So it was like the Beatles and the Bangs. Um, sure. Sure. Uh, in mid-83, bassist Zelinskis was replaced by Mickey Steele. Um, uh, Steele had been a founding member of the Runaways. Uh, the Bangles' uh, full-length debut album on Columbia Records was 1984's All Over the Place. Uh, it captured their power-pop roots, featuring the singles Hero to Take a Fall and the Kimberly Rue-penned Beatlesque Going Down to Liverpool, which uh, was originally recorded by Rue's band, Katrina and the Waves. That's a good song, too. Yep. Uh, the record received good reviews, and the video for Liverpool featured Leonard Nimoy, which uh, helped to generate further publicity for the group. Uh, they received a much wider audience, uh, serving as the opening act for Cindy Lauper on her fun tour. Nice. Uh, all of this went in some way into attracting the attention of, get this, Prince. Yes. Uh, who gave the group Matic Monday, originally written for his group, uh, the Apoll- Apollonia 6. Uh, Matic Monday went to become a number two hit in the US, the UK, and Germany, outsold at the time only by Prince's own kiss. Yes, I bet so. you. I bet you. I mean, I don't know the story. 
but I bet you like he Apollonia six were all ready to like have the track. They probably recorded it too, and then he all just yeah. took it away. Of course, Prince always so, changing his mind. Yeah. Yep. He's <laughs> changing his mind, making that sassy Prince face. Yep. Um, the band's second album, 1986's Different Light, was more polished than his predecessor, and with the help of the third single, the worldwide number one hit, Walk Like an Egyptian, it put the band firmly in the mainstream, reaching number two on the, and the album reached number two on the Billboard 200. Uh, Different Light has been certified three times platinum in the U.S., double platinum in Australia and Canada, and platinum in New Zealand and the U.K. Uh, let's take a closer look at Walk Like an Egyptian. It was recorded during those... Uh, different light sessions sometime in 1985 at Sunset Sound and the Sunset Sound Factory in Hollywood, California. Uh, the song was written by Liam Sternberg. Uh, Sternberg uh, began his musical career as part of the late 1970s Akron Sound, which included uh, Devo and the Waitresses. Yes. Uh, a member of the band Jane Eyre and the Belvedere's. What a great name. Yep. Uh, Sternberg curated an Akron Sound compilation album for Stiff Records which gained the attention of rock critic and friend of the show, Robert Kriska. <laughs> yes. I love how he's a friend of our show. A big friend. Same with Prince. They're just our friends. It brought uh, national attention to the scene. Following this, he worked for other artists, including Christy McCall, Rachel Sweet, Rat, Fuzzbox, Rick Reagan, and Baby Tuku. As a songwriter, Sternberg was the composer of the theme for the hit television program, 21 Jump Street. Beauty. In 1980, Sternberg also produced the first single from the post-punk band Theater of Hate, featuring vocalist Kirk Brandon. Uh, the producer of the tracks and the album was David, I believe it's uh, pronounced Kane, which I know you got excited about because <laughs> I love Kane. Uh, over the years, Kane had produced uh, records for such artists and produced records uh, for uh, artists including Paul McCartney, Fishbone, Sublime, The Strokes, The Rubens, Sugar Ray, Romeo Void, Stevie Nicks, Teddy Thompson, New Order, Kelly Clarkson, Lana Del Rey, and The Outfield. So a veritable who's who. Sternberg finished a demo version by of the song uh, Walk Like an Egyptian by in January 1984 with singer Marty Jones uh, featuring percussion uh, with kitchen implements. Uh, he offered the track then to Tony, ba to Tony Basil. Basil? Basil? I don't know. I can't remember. What is it, dude? I think it's Basil. Basil. No, Basil. Turned it down. Basil. Basil. I don't know. Yeah, Basil. I don't know. Tony Basil. Tony Basil. Uh, she turned it down. Lena Lovich uh, recorded the first version of the song, but it went unreleased. Lena Lovich, uh, when she decided to take a break from music to raise her family. Uh, Kane, who, like Sternberg, was affiliated with Peer International Publishing, was the producer of Different Light. Uh, he received a copy of the demo and liked it, especially Jones's offhand quality, and took it to the Bangles, who agreed to, who agreed to record it. Uh, Kane had each member of the group sing the lyrics to determine who would sing each verse. Mickey Peterson, Mickey Steele, and Suzanne Hoff sang lead vocals in the final version on the first, second, and third verse, respectively. Uh, because this hit number one, we have some uh, excerpts from the number ones column from Stereo Gum's uh, Tom Braham. He writes, The Bangles were a band without a front person. All four members of the group sang lead vocals on different songs. King got each of the members of the band to sing Walk Like an Egyptian in sort of an audition, and he gave each three verses to each of the three verses to a different bangle. This, of course, pissed off drummer Debbie Peterson, the one bangle who didn't get a verse. <laughs> to make things work worse, Walk Like an Egyptian uses the drum machine. Yes. So she didn't get to do anything on the song other than backup harmonies. Oh. In the video, she played a tambourine and mimed out the whistling part, which was actually a synth. Yeah, and I mean, uh, we'll get to it when we get to the music video, but there's a drum set sitting right there the whole time. 
It's awful. Uh-huh. Uh, more from the same column, uh, the number one's column, Walk Like an Egyptian, has a huge daffy sense of energy to it. It's got a beat with some actual, actual syncopation, some, some shimmy in its strut, which wasn't, isn't that common in 80s pop hits. I love all the synthetic touches in the rhythm track, the programmed tambourines, the bell clangs, the quasi-industrial metal-smacking metal scrapes. The song has hooks for days, the bass line, the rockabilly-style guitar solo, and the perfectly placed whistling bit. I will say um, this, uh, the, uh, when you say like, you talk about the kind of the, the way that the song is, uh, rhythmically, uh, yes. this was a staple at retro eighties night back in the day at scandals. And yes. so many people did not know how to dance to it. No, <laughs> a little too complicated, uh, compared to, <laughs> so even though they could have just walked like an Egyptian, oh, with those, I, with the those worst, that, uh, the single clocks in at 3 minutes and 21 seconds. little short. Ooh, ooh, come on, guys. Uh, it was released on September 1st, 1986 on Columbia Records. The cover predominantly features the name of the band and the song title written out in like those Greek-style letters Yeah. Uh, with a mix of ancient hieroglyphics and modern symbols filling in the rest of the space. Uh, some of the modern symbols include a comb, a boot with a stiletto heel, and for some reason, a golf green with a flag stick, <laughs> which okay. I found very weird. Uh-huh. Uh, B-sides include the extended dance mix, the dub mix, and an a cappella mix. Other B-sides you can find are album cuts, uh, Not Like You and Angels Don't Fall in Love. There are 48 versions listed on Discogs. You can easily find a copy of the single for like 50 cents. Yep. Do you have a, a, a copy of the single? I sure do. I don't know if it's the Canadian or the US one, but I have a copy. Yeah. You'd have to dig through the crates, It was one of so the ones, like, like this was back in the when I combed for like 25 cent record at Value Village days. It was an easy find. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, the track shows up on a ton of compilations. We've got Hits Album 5, which is a great record. And The Gatefold has, like, covers and album info for all the songs. Yeah. It's a great package. Um, there's something called Esso Music Party 48. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, there's a Greek compilation called I Love Disco. Okay. Um, we've got Keep On Boppin', Rock Your Socks with an X off. Uh, something called The Final Countdown. There's another one called Number One with a Bullet. Then we've got, in rapid fire here, Bring on the Hits, Outrageous Hits, Smash Hits, Hits Reunion, Hits One, Hits 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 from Hot Lips, and Mega One Number One Hits album, but no super hits. Oh, so, oh come on. Uh, finally, we got the compilation that I have, a compilation that I had on cassette, Rock 88 from Quality Records. We've talked about it before. In fact, I believe that Walk Like an Egyptian is the sixth song that we've covered that has appeared on Rock 88. Nice. So um, I would consider this one of my favorite compilations ever, uh, right up there with rap tracks for sure. Uh, Bangles have way too many greatest hits albums. (laughs) Uh Uh, Here are the ones that I assume included Walk Like an Egyptian. We've got Greatest Hits, September Girls, Simply the Best, (laughs) Uh, Best of the Bangles, Eternal Flame Dash, Best of the Bangles, the Essential Bangles, Playlist, the very best of the Bangles, Gold, and get this, Super Hits. Oh, so amazing. Some super Hits. Out there in TV land, Walk Like an Egyptian has shown up in various media, including a 1987 episode of Silver Spoons. Oh, yes. The 1997 film Gross Point Blank, uh, a 2001 episode of Gilmore Girls. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but it's in a two, 2001 episode of The Sopranos. Is it? This would be during the episode Amour Fu. It is played in the Ufa Pizza and Restaurant, a regular hangout of Chris when he sits down with Jackie Jr. and Dino Zerilli. 
Uh, this would be the episode where Jackie Jr. and his pals rob Eugene's poker game. Yep. Nice. It also shows up in a 2002 episode of Futurama, a t- 2006 episode of American Dad, uh-huh. a 2006 episode of Dancing with the Stars, <laughs> and I can only imagine what went on there. Uh-huh. Like, oh, yeah. Awful. Uh, a 2009 episode of Family Guy, uh-huh. and then 2012 episode of The Good Wife, 2012 episode of Beastbound and Down, the 2016 film My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2, a 2016 episode of Black Mirror, and the 2018 film Gaudy, that one about John Gaudy starring John Travolta. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, I'm actually surprised there are no wrestlers on uh, listed on Cage Match. Yeah. Net, who has used the song as an entrance theme. I feel like it would be perfect for a Pharaoh gimmick. For maybe Pharaoh, the dog. <laughs> yes. Um, Setlist FM uh, lists Walk Like an Egyptian as being performed uh, 160 times live by the Bengals. The first time being on January 1st, 1986 at the Beacon Theater in New York City. I'm sure there's way more. Uh-huh. Uh, 160 times seems low. Uh, the group most recently played the song, though, on September 15th, 2019, at the Del Mar Fairgrounds in Del Mar, California. Okay. Uh, if you have anything to add to uh, to that, or we can go to lyrics. Here we go to lyrics. So, according to the Wiki, uh, Liam Sternberg said he was inspired to create the song while on a ferry crossing the English Channel. Okay. When the vessel hit toppy water, passengers stepped carefully and moved their arms awkwardly while struggling to maintain their balance. And that reminded Sternberg of the depiction of human figures in ancient Egyptian tomb paintings. Huh. He wrote the words, walk like an Egyptian, in a notebook. Later, Sternberg looked back at the notebook and composing the melody with a guitar, he put together an up-tempo song with lyrics about Egyptian hieroglyphics, the Nile River, crocodiles, desert sand, bazaars, and hookah pipes, and then segued into modern scenes of blonde waitresses, school kids, and police officers. Okay. So, so that's what the writer says. Um, I, to that I wrote, so just a bunch of fairly stereotypical nonsense. Yes. Uh, our friend, our artificial friend, ChatGPT, had this to say. The lyrics of Walk Like an Egyptian don't delve into deeper, complex themes. Rather, they focus on playful and catchy imagery related to the way people walk. The song title refers to the distinctive dance style and movements that were associated with ancient Egyptian art and hieroglyphics. The lyrics depict various scenarios where people imitate these peculiar walking styles, suggesting a lighthearted and fun approach to dancing and moving. In addition to its catchy melody and danceable rhythm, the song's success was also influenced by its quirky music video, which features the band members and other characters performing the iconic Egyptian dance moves. Overall, Walk Like an Egyptian is a pop song that captures a sense of carefree enjoyment and encourages listeners to join in on the playful dance moves described in the lyrics. Thanks, ChatGPT. So, uh, fun fact, Walk Like an Egyptian was one of the songs uh, which were claimed to have been banned by Clear Channel following the September 11, 2001 uh, terrorist attacks. Of course. In New York City. Uh, Snopes uh, did research on this and found the list was not a banned song list. It was just simply suggestions regarding songs to be sensitive about when deciding what to play. Oh, great. But uh, because it said Egyptian in it, Americans might get scared. All the same, everybody. Everything over there, the same. Come on. The same. It's Egyptian, so they, you know, you don't want to get someone offended. I was also included in a list of records to be avoided drawn up by the BBC during the Gulf War, because apparently in the Gulf War they went to war with Egypt. <laughs> I remember that. Yes. God, this is so dumb. Uh, as far as 
favorite lines. I mean, the one I love, if you want to find all the cops, they're hanging out in the donut shop. Because, you know, cops. Hey, my favorite line, too. Other than that, it's just a bunch of stuff, really. Yeah. Um, unless you have anything else to say. Uh, do you have any other notes on the lyrics? Well, I guess I'll, I got, I guess go I'll say it here. I mean, look, I was, what, like eight, nine yes. when the song came out? Like, I was a kid, right? But yeah. it feels to me like they were like, we're going to start the new dance craze, right? The the mm-hmm. Egyptian dance. And, like, yes. the song became obviously very popular. The dance, yes. not so much. It did not. No. no it so. even tells you how to do the dance in the in the song. It did not become very popular. No, it did not. All right. Uh, reception. Uh, let's see what the, uh, no, we'll see what the internet has to say. Oh, yeah. We gotta see what the internet has Them. To say. All right. From the song facts comment section. Mark, Marchiafava from Mississippi writes, nonsense. Go watch the first 10 minutes of To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> okay. So much and better I than pop music. Up, Mark, I would say go read To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> yes. Um, Ella Hare from Minnesota says, this came out in high school. I was always positive the song was about getting completely stoned on weed. Sure. So thanks for that. Uh, Ron from Philadelphia, AK. So is that Arkansas? I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, writes, Green Day should remake this. It's perfect for their style and is ripe for a remake. I want $10 million if they do it. Because I came up with the idea. Okay, dude. Jim from Dallas, Texas says, a very a very funny parody of this song was made with the following title, Walk with an Erection. So, <laughs> Must be hilarious. I, I, I should look for it. Uh, the rest of the comments on Song Facts is lecherous dudes talking about how seductive the video is. Great. Uh, off to song meanings. Jeff Chaos 71 says, do you think the ancient Egyptian really walked like that? To which I say, no, probably not. <laughs> yes. Uh, scrap underscore paper writes, it's about dancing and everyone dancing with their own style. To which I say, no, it's about everyone dancing to a very specific dance. <laughs> yes. Uh, Paul, 117505 wrote this beauty. Usually I'm impressed by the comments here, but nobody got it right with this song in my humble opinion. The song is about two co-related themes. One, kids having discovered the fraud that is the standard life program that they are walking arms akimbo, trying to maintain their balance while walking. The other is, again, trying to maintain balance while walking as you party with the people that have money. Again, in disregard and often drunk, but ostensibly getting paid well. There's one part I did not get, and I came here hoping to get it explained. The party boys call the Kremlin. So that's his comment. Oh, thanks, buddy. I have no idea what he's talking about. I don't either. I mean, I guess, I mean, I don't know. They didn't party in the Kremlin back in the 80s. I have no idea what it means. Finally, my favorite uh, comment, uh, Lulu101398 says, the song describes the long journey of five men to Egypt aiming to destroy an ancient curse. <laughs> yes. Lulu, you win. You win. That That's what it's about. <laughs> that's great. It's about destroying an ancient curse, specifically five men traveling to Egypt. Fantastic. Let's go to reception. So, Walk Like an Egyptian entered the Billboard Hot 100 on September 27th, 1986. Uh, it debuted at number 82 between Steve Winwood's Freedom Overspill and Belinda Carlisle's I Feel the Magic. Freedom Overspill, not too shabby of a song. All right. I would eventually peak at number 20. I actually kind of liked it. I got to remember to uh, get on Apple Music and, and, and uh, grab that track. Uh, I Feel the Magic is really annoying. Okay. And has a stupid baritone sax 
farting all over the place. <laughs> okay. It would peak at 82. So it would go one step up and then it was gone. All right. Um, Walk Like an Egyptian would peak at number one in the U.S. on December 20th, 1986. Uh, the rest of the top 10 that week, we got at number two, Bruce Hornsby in the range with The Way It Is. Mm-hmm. At number three, Wang Chung with Everybody Had Fun Tonight. We've got at number four, Duran Duran with Notorious. At number five, uh, the favorite of Kid Tetris's dad, Gregory Abbott's Shake You Down. Away, away. Um, at number six, uh, Billy Idol to be a lover. Number seven, Huey Lewis and the News with Hip to be Square. Number eight, Robbie Neville with C'est la vie. Uh-huh. At number nine, we've got uh, Benny King with Stand By Me, which was a number four hit in 1961, but was back after being used in the 1986 film of the same name. Yes. And at number 10, Peter Cetera with Amy Grant, uh, the song The Next Time I Fall. Walk Like an Egyptian would remain at number one for four weeks uh, before it was bounced by Shake You Down. Ooh, nice. In the U.S., it also hit number 46 on the uh, Hot Dance Club Play chart and number 15 on the Hot Dance Music slash Maxi Single Sales chart. Um, Internationally, it hit number one in a number of countries, including Australia, Belgium, the Netherlands, South Africa, Spain, and West Germany. I love when West Germany gets in there. Amazing. Those democratic bastards. <laughs> uh, in the UK, it reached number three during the week of November 8th to 14th, 1986. Uh, the UK top 10 that week. Um, we have Berlin with Take My Breath Away, open parenthesis. Love theme from Top Gun, close parenthesis. We've got number two, Kim Wilde, You Keep Me Hanging On. Uh, Walk Like an Egyptian at number three. Number four, Mel and Kim with Showing Out, open parenthesis, Get Fresh at the Weekend. Close parenthesis. Uh-huh. No idea what that is. Nope. Uh, Swing Out Sister with Breakout at number five. Status Quo at number six with In the Army Now. Nick Barry at number seven with Every Loser Wins. Uh, number eight, Spandau Ballet with Through the Barricades. Uh, number nine, Pete and Kate Bush with Don't Give Up. Nice. And at number 10, Cliff Richard and Sarah Brightman with All I Ask of You. Um, in 1990, uh, Walk Like an e- Egyptian was reissued as a single in the UK to promote the Bangles' Greatest Hits album. It featured a new re- remix for the song called the Aussie Mandias Remix, and it charted at number three in the UK back in, uh, ahead in 1990. Here in Canada, Walk Like an Egyptian entered the RPM Top 100 on November 8th, 1986 at number 77. It was between Wild Wild Life by the Talking Heads and Who's Gonna Love You Tonight by David Foster. All right. Um, Wild Wild Life is okay, I guess. It would peak at number 66. Who's Going to Love You Tonight uh, would peak at 75, but it is low-key a good song. Okay. Um, the synths are massive and has a bad R sax solo. So <laughs> I'm going to give props to David Foster. I thought it would be terrible. It was actually pretty good. Um, Walk Like an Egyptian would peak at number one in Canada on January 24th, 1987. Um, the rest of the RPM Top 20, 10 that week, we've got uh, number two, Everyone Have Fun Tonight. And number three, Corey Hart with Can't Help Falling in Love. Uh, number four, The Way It Is. Number five, Bon Jovi, You Give Love a Bad Name. Number six, Stand By Me. Number seven, Krista Burge with The Lady in Red. Then it goes Shake You Down, Say Levy and Notorious to round out the top ten. Uh, the Bangles would be bounced from the top spot after one week by Corey Hart. Oh, yeah. So now for your RPM Magazine tidbit. Uh, this is from the January 24th uh, issue, uh, 87 issue of the Walt Says Column. And the Walt Says Column. So his first item, speaking about leaving the biz. Ooh. Whatever happened to that record company executive who put his job on the line if he didn't break a certain record? I haven't heard too much about the record, 
and even less from him. Oh. <laughs> you know what? Gauntlet thrown down by Walt. Oh, Walt. I'll just crack in wise on a record exec who like told him he'd quit his job if a record didn't do well or a record didn't get broken. Amazing. Yep. Uh, and also, here's one, another little uh, little tidbit from Walt. A licensing fee, a license fee to copy. If the industry is successful in levying, levying a special royalty on tapes to compensate recording artists, isn't this like paying a license fee for the right to wholesale copy? If I had to pay the extra bucks for the blank tape, I'd go home and start copying everything. This sure removes the guilt trip. I'm just asking. <laughs> I'm sure that if Walt didn't actually like run that magazine and got all these uh, tapes for free, he'd be copying. Come on, dude. Of course, of course. It would. Um, Walk Like an Egyptian has been certified gold in Canada, the US and the UK, and platinum in the Netherlands. It has been streamed over 220 million times on Spotify, and the official video has 136 million views on YouTube since 2013. Uh, it was nominated for two 1987 MTV Video Music Awards, the first was in a losing effort to uh, the aforementioned Wild Wild Life in the Best Group Video category. Uh, the other nominees were uh, Crowded House with Don't Dream It's Over, Eurythmics with Missionary Man, and uh, U2 with With or Without You. Uh, the second was a loss for uh, Wendy Biller, the choreographer, in the Best Choreography category. Walk Like an Egyptian lost to uh, Paula Abdul for Janet Jackson's Nasty video, Yes, which uh, we covered back uh, in episode 22. Uh, the other nominees, uh, Ed Love's choreography on Higher Love by Steve Winwood, uh, Brad Jeffrey's choreography on Open Your Heart by Madonna, and Paul Abdul and Michael Kidd for When I Think of You by Janet Jackson. Walk Like an Egyptian also won a 1987 American Video Award in the Best Group Performance category. No idea who the other nominees were. Uh -huh. Can't find it. Uh, that's it for reception for me, so let's move to covers and samples. So, Walk Like an Egyptian, according to whosampled.com, has been sampled 17 times. As always, take it with a grain of salt. Uh, any lyrical interpolations will be listed on that site. So, here's some notable instances of actual samples. Uh, the whistling part is sampled in Strictly Def's 1987 single, uh, Jersey, This Is Dope. Uh, there's a 1991 <laughs> song uh -huh. called Dance Like an Egyptian, Pharaoh's Mix, by, get this, Pharaoh... <laughs> Uh, yes. It also samples the whistle. I wrote, it's not good. Okay. Uh, Jersey This Is Dope is a fine hip-hop song. Of course, you know Girl Talk had to get it on the fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, this time was on the 2008 track like this. Uh, there are more, but most are jobbers. Um, who sampled lists 45 covers. Here are the notables. KT Tunstall did a live version of Walk Like an Egyptian in 2008. Ah, it's fine. Okay. Um, Harry Mancini led the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra through a classical version in 1989, to which I wrote, it's cool. <laughs> um, the Chipmunks released a horrific version of the song in 1988. There was also on the same album a version by the Chipettes. Both are terrible. Uh -huh. um, in 2006, 8-Bit Arcade did a version of the song that's kind of decent. It has its moments. It's not bad. Uh, there's a Twinkle Twinkle Little Rockstar cover from, 2000, from 2022 that's very nice. And I did check, and yes, there is a parody of Walk Like an Egyptian called Walk with an Erection. It's by the swinging erudites. It really, really sucks. <laughs> of course. All right. That's it for covers and samples. Let's go to the video. Here we go. So the music video for Walk Like an Egyptian was nominated for Best Group Video, as I mentioned, at the 1987 MTV Video Music Awards. It features both the Bangles performing the song at a concert 
and scenes of people dancing in poses similar to those depicted in ancient Egyptian reliefs that inspired songwriter Liam Sternberg. Most of these people were filmed on the streets of New York City, although visual special effects were used to modify photos of Princess Diana and Prince Charles, then Prince Charles, Libyan leader Muammar Gaddafi and the Statue of Liberty. In a popular scene from the video, Hoffs was filmed in a close-up where her eyes moved from side to side, looking left and right. When asked about the scene in an interview, Hoffs explained that she was looking at individual audience members during the video shoot, which took place with a live audience. Looking directly at each member of the audience was a technique she used to overcome stage fright. Okay. Uh, and was unaware that she, there was a close-up on her when she was employing the technique. Um, so so that explains that. According to Song Facts, the video for the song made the band superstars as it airs in heavy rotation on MTV. The Bangles became darlings of the network, but early on they weren't sold on the medium. I hear some quotes from the Bangles in 85. Debbie Peterson said, when you listen to a record, you can imagine what they look like and what they were doing when they recorded, but when you see the video, it ruins it for you. <laughs> I, I guess. I don't know. They look pretty cool in this video, <laughs> at least on stage. Uh, Suzanne Hoff says, I wish there could be, they could be more like movies. I wish they could somehow fulfill you and bring you through an experience. To that, I say, Susanna Hoffs, just wait. Because <laughs> they get more like movies in, in coming years. Yep. Um, Tom Brahan wrote, it's not a terribly involved dance. It requires no coordination and very little rhythm. In the Walk Like an Egyptian video, the Bengals are the only people who managed to even remotely look cool while doing that dance. Uh, all the on-the-street randos captured in the video look like absolute fools. And I would imagine most of them came to regret the day they stabbed the air with their hands on camera. <laughs> that video sent, sent a message. Anyone can walk like an Egyptian. He continues. The Walk Like an Egyptian video is cheap, but that's part of its appeal. Most of it is just the Bengals pretending to play live. Uh -huh. And since they all look like stars, that's really all you need. But then it's got those shots of the members of the public incompetently attempting the dance, as well as ridiculously transparently fake clips of public figures doing the hand thing. It looks like such shit. I love it. So <laughs> um, here are my notes. Jump in whenever you want or wait till the end. Um, uh, we start the video with the Bengals performing on stage. Uh, to this, I say they look amazing. Uh, the fashion, the giant hair, the lighting rig, all of it is tremendous. Uh, 40 seconds in, though, we get some problems as four white women, who I believe are the Bengals, uh -huh. slide in doing that stupid dance and wearing what I guess they think is Egyptian costumes. Yes, yes. Like the, what's it, like the, I don't even know what animal it is, but, you know. He, yeah, I don't know. That head, like yeah. that dog head on there. <laughs> On yeah, their heads, yeah. and oh, it's it's not good. Uh, we see dorky regular people doing the dumb walk mm. in real life. Uh, there's an '80s business lady with massive shoulder pads shimmying across the street. It's awful. Uh, next is a lady and her kids, who are, and I guess her grandma. A rich jerk walks out of his limo like an Egyptian. I Terrible. I wrote there are so many yuppie shitheads in this video. I know. Yeah, uh, we get some delivery guys joining in the fun. They look like they're having a a hoot nanny, so that's nice. Uh, we get the clip of Princess Diana sitting beside the now King Charles. They use the best technology of the time to make her arm wave back and forth. It's so bad, but also kind of awesome. Uh huh. Because uh, it's just so stupid. It's like it, you know. It's this isn't a serious song, folks. The uh, dancers are back, but in like the, these small stretched out boxes that slide across the screen. To which I wrote, "Someone had fun in the editing room." <laughs> All just like stretching things and having them move around. Uh, they CGI. Uh, Mumar Gaddafi doing the walk, which I thought was kind of funny because um, he looks like such an idiot. I like that there's a crowd during the performance parts. They are bebopping around and having just a great time. 
Uh, the whistle part is cool on the track, but it looks really awkward when Debbie Peterson mimes the whistling in the video. Yep. Susanna Hoff's verse is next, and I can't take my eyes off her guitar. <laughs> that is a sweet, sweet black and white Rickenbacker right there, folks. What a beauty. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, we get more regular people walking like an Egyptian, and they do an animation of the Statue of Liberty doing it that really should be better considering it's animated, and that's all I got. Uh, Anything else? Well, I said they're in a tiny club. The background lights and the stage look super cool. Uh, they they brought in an audience for this one. Uh, but then at the end of the music video, like you, they want the audience to applaud, and it's kind of like tepid clapping, like they're in a coffee yes. house. Like that's not true. certainly not a, a concert scene. Uh, there is a full drum kit just on stage that is unused, yes. as you said. Yes, uh, they did yep. not use dr- a full drum kit in or a drum kit at all in the actual song. Why put a drum kit on stage if no one is going to, yeah. uh, if no one's going to use it? Um, I guess they really wanted Debbie to to whistle to be yeah. the one whistling. So they're like, you can't be buying that drum set. Uh, they, you whistle. they, yeah. Someone went around with a camera in New York City and told people to do the stupid fucking dance. They probably yeah. showed them what it was, and then it's like, oh, if all these people do it, people will think it's cool. It it, it doesn't work. It's the opposite. Uh, it makes me yeah. not want to do the dance. And uh, the band looks cool as fuck. The they they look great. Um, but they are juxtaposed by the people on the street looking like shitheads. So I'm going to say this, though. I do distinctly remember people walking like an Egyptian on roller skates at Saints back oh. in 1987. Oh, for the, sure. The coolest place. For sure. A roller rink for teenagers place. in the Winnipeg. Yeah. And all like and, like kids' birthday parties. Ugh. Lots of kids doing it. I mean, like I was like 10 when this kid. I was not even 10 when this came out. So, yeah, I wasn't cool either. I don't think I'd walk like an Egyptian. I was I was too self-conscious. <laughs> Yes. Let's go to the ratings. All right, rate the video, big man. Uh, if it was just the stuff with the band, it would get a high mark, but those people looking like dorks is no good. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I'll kind of go in the middle. I'm giving it a four. I wasn't enamored by the video. No, you know, the concept on paper actually sounds good. It's like the Bon Jovi video that we talked about a couple weeks, a few weeks ago. It was like, it's a very populist move to include regular people in like your videos. Uh, but the execution is just awful. Um, I would rather see the band and more of the video manipulations, to be honest. Yeah. Plus dressing up as an Egyptian princesses or whatever. Come on. Still, it's got some jam to it. I'm going to go kind of in the middle four out of 10. Uh, Tell us the song. What about the song? buddy? Just hearing this for years at eighties nights and all that, it's just worn me down to a little nub yeah. <laughs> listening to the song. <laughs> yes. I'm just, I just, you're so done with it. I, I just, completely done with it i never loved it to begin with uh probably because it did have that like again that beat that is not kind of your standard beat right um i think there's nothing wrong with it it's just i wasn't ready for it at the time yeah uh so it never kind of did it for me uh when those people were dancing awkwardly at 80s night i just left like i just that was a time to take a break or take a piss. Nice. Like nice. that's uh, song. Yes. yeah. So I still kind of think of it as a piss break song in my head, but it's certainly not bad. You know, it's, it's fun. They, they were trying something. It didn't pan out, but you know, good for them. It made them superstars. I'll give it a five. Yeah. You know, it's fine. I like it well enough. The vocals are top notch, especially Hoffs. Filled with all sorts of fun little sound effects and whatnot. Lyrics are dumb as shit, but it sounds kind of cool. But I got, again, it's not for me. It's not, totally skippable but like i don't seek this out to listen to it right down the middle five out of ten all right there you go walk like an egyptian there we go that's another another episode in the can baby
Well, I'm uh, I'm trying to pick between two songs for our next episode. I think I'm going to go with this one. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I don't think it'll be getting a five, but we'll see. We will talk about Swing the Mood by Jive Bunny and the Master Mixers. Yes! Uh, yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. This this bloody song. Yep. No time. Yeah, so uh, that's uh, for you to look forward to uh, next week. Again, we're going one week at a time right now. We'll let you know when we go back to twice a week if we end up doing so. Uh, we may yeah. tell you on Instagram where we're Super Hits Podcast. Or if you really want us to go to twice a week again, you can request it. Superhitspodcast at gmail.com. We're going to do what we want, but you can still ask. So Yes, of course. Yeah, um, always. We're always open to that. Yeah, I'm on all the social medias too. Slip with Five Eyes or Slip is where you can find me. Uh, Jamie C. My website is megamix.com.com. Thanks for listening, friends. See ya. See ya.